Local recruiting is continuing to surge. The Cardinals just landed the number one player in the state of Kentucky in the 2024 class, Sean Boykins Jr. We'll talk about his commitment and three more players that committed, Dylan Mesman, Jimmy Williams, and Ransom McDermott. With that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. I also do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports. want to take this time to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. On yesterday's episode of the show, we spent the entirety of the episode talking about the new additions via the transfer portal. But that wasn't the only good news that the program had gotten since we had recorded an episode last week. The Louisville football program has gotten about four high school commitments in the past two weeks. Four new players for Flyville 24. We're going to begin by discussing how local recruiting is continuing to surge. The Cardinals added the number one player in the state of Kentucky in the 2024 class, Sean Boykins Jr. We'll also talk about Jeff Brom and company getting a commitment from four-star tight end Dylan Mesman, and then to conclude the show, we'll discuss two rising offensive linemen, Ransom McDermott and Jimmy Williams, that both committed to the Cardinals within a few days of each other. So, um, new names to talk about, but still a lot of recruiting momentum on all fronts, from the transfer portal to 2024 recruiting to 2025 recruiting, um, so on and so forth. But I want to open up the show and talk about local recruiting because that's something that, you know, we've been talking about ever since Jeff Brom, you know, rose into this position at Louisville. And that was always one of the um, selling points for Brom to come home is, hey, look, it makes a lot of sense because immediately you get better in the local recruiting atmosphere. And I think sometimes, you know, when we talk about selling points, pros and cons, things can kind of get overblown and, you know, overreactions tend to arise from it. But ever since Brom took over from the transfer portal, local recruiting got better. Players that went elsewhere that were from the Kentuckyana area coming back home. Players in the 2023 class, I mean, Micah Carter from St. X, um, Wu Spencer played at Mail, uh, transferred over to New Albany. Um, Sadiq Clemens from Henderson County, and then Flyville 24 rolls around, and the number one player in the state of Kentucky, according to 24-7 Sports, Sean Boykins Jr., has committed to the Cardinals. The six foot one wide receiver is ranked as a three-star um, nationally. If you look at the composite, he's actually the sixth best player in the state of Kentucky, and just inside of the top 1,000 just inside the top 120 at the wide receiver position, but ranked a little bit higher on 24-7 sports, which if you listen to this show, that's the ranking service that I put the most stock in. I'm not sure what it is about on three that seemingly they have uh, some sort of anti-Louisville bias. Um, ESPN doesn't like to update their recruiting rankings, you know, 
in a timely manner. And Rivals is pretty respectable, but 24-7 sports is where I go for the majority of my recruiting rankings and things of that nature. But it is to be said that, you know, some will say, well, is this really that good of a commitment? Because after all, the number one player in the state is a mid three-star level player. Is that true? Well, two ways to look at this. I think you look at this from both a optical point of view and also point of view from on the football field. On the football field, Boinkins is a six foot one receiver, weighs about 190 pounds, um, played for North Harden this past season, um, ran a 10.86 100-meter dash, a 4.45 40-yard time. So running a 4.45 is pretty solid for being 6'1", pretty solid yards after catch guy, um, explosive player that had a lot of long touchdowns this past year for North Harden. Um, Also a guy that was able to use that size and athleticism to overpower smaller defensive backs. But it does pose the question is, well, how likely is it that he's going to come to Louisville and excel and, you know, play into a role to where, you know, he's playing substantial snaps for maybe more than one year? And I think that that is a good question. That's to be seen. I do think that maybe the ranking doesn't suggest as much of how talented he is because I think that, you know, being six foot one running a 4.4540, the ability to explode after the catch, I think um, is something that maybe kind of overtakes that ranking a little bit, but ultimately um, I, I think that there is some validity to the concerns over the level of competition in the Kentucky high school ranks. But regardless, I mean, I'm not just saying this because, you know, it's a local recruit. I'm not just saying this because he's committed to Louisville. I think he's one of the players that might necessarily play higher than what he's ranked right now. And we've seen Jeff Brom do great things with guys rated significantly lower than Sean Boykins Jr. So at this point in time, I'm going to trust the scouting of Jeff Brom and Brian Brom um, in this setting because of how well they've done in scouting it in the past. So, um, and then obviously optics is another thing. Um, this is a recruitment to where, look, Kentucky, uh, let's see, was Kentucky interested in Boykins? Did he have a Kentucky offer? He did have a Kentucky offer. In fact, Louisville and Kentucky were some of the only power five offers that he had, had offers from Louisville, Kentucky, um, and West Virginia, those are the only Power 5 offers that he had. Um, look, I understand that the offer sheet might not necessarily be the greatest, but whenever you can go out and get the number one player in the state, uh, I think that it's big news. I mean, obviously, a three-star level player, he's not on the level of a James Quick was back in 2011, 2012. Was that recruiting cycle? I think it was 2012. Um, Not necessarily a big of a name as James Quick, but still going out and getting the number one player in the state of Kentucky obviously just kind of goes to show you, and I think it continues to set the momentum, set the precedent of, hey, look, Jeff Brom is for real. He's back home, and you know he's going to be a force to be reckoned with on the recruiting side of things. Louisville won the first big-time recruiting battle um, over Kentucky when it came down to, to William Wu Spencer. They just won another one with Sean Boykins Jr. We're going to talk about another one that they won a little bit later in the show. But I think that at the end of the day, um, if you would have asked me, is this a recruitment that Louisville wins if Scott Satterfield is the head coach of Louisville? 
No, I do not believe so. Is this a recruitment that Louisville comes out on top on if Bobby Petrino is the head coach of Louisville? No, I do not think so. I think that uh, this is just, uh, you know, obviously a result of the commitment to local recruiting that, um, you know, that Jeff Brom and the coaching staff have, you know, pretty much doubled down on. I think that that's something that you love to see because um, of what it could do setting precedent moving forward. I think over the past six, seven, eight years, it really hasn't been trendy to go to Louisville if you are a local prospect. Now, granted, players from across the, um, you know, players from across the state closer to Lexington are probably still going to go to Kentucky, but those players from the city of Louisville, from the surrounding areas, in this instance, E-Town, Hardin County, um, you know, it's something that I look at and I'm like, there's no reason that Louisville should be going up in these battles and losing them to the school down the road. So I look at this as um, more positive momentum for Louisville. And some will try to, you know, try to, deter the excitement, try to, um, you know, look over it because he's ranked just inside of the top thousand, but a win over Kentucky and recruiting is a win over Kentucky and recruiting. And this is going to be a pretty decently sized class. I mean, I am willing to take a risk on a player who's six foot one runs a four, four, five, 40, and is the number one player in the state. Um, I think that it looks good optically, for the program's local recruiting surge, but it also, I, I mean, I think that the film speaks for itself, and I think that Boykins, under a solid senior season, could end up, you know, rising up those rankings. So uh, that's something to look forward to. But uh, extremely excited. Um, I think that Boykins has the ability, you know, obviously recruited by Chris Barclay, um, who has done a great job of recruiting the position over the past handful of seasons. You have some veterans that could potentially move on after this upcoming year. So look for the Cardinals to add multiple players at the wide receiver position over you know this class. Uh, obviously, Chance Morrow entered the portal recently. Um, three-star receiver from the Charlotte area, part of that 2022 class. So, just something to focus on is that Louisville's going to continue to take multiple receivers in the classes. So, um, I mean, I like this addition. I think that, you know, it's yet to be seen, you know, how substantially he's going to play a role in this offense. But if you're going to play a big time role in a Louisville offense, might as well make it one that prioritizes the passing game. So, um, I like this addition. Another addition to the passing game in the Flyville 24 class, four-star tight end Dylan Mesman. Mesman had a couple of interesting comments that may lead you to believe that tight end recruiting is going to be go is going to be going very nicely for the Cardinals over the next couple of cycles. We'll talk about that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. The conference semifinals are up. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if that first bet doesn't win. There's a lot of great things that FanDuel has, great promotions daily, safe and secure app that you can utilize, and you get paid instantly. There's no better place in all of the land to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
So we're heading on into the second segment, talking about some new additions to Flyville 24. And the Cardinals had four new additions um, in the past couple of weeks. We just talked about Sean Boykins Jr., another one, a player that we had talked about um, over the past month or so who made a visit to campus, four-star tight end from Saline, Michigan, Dylan Mesman. Mesman rated as the 385th best player according to the 24-7 sports composite, 19th best tight end, and 8th best prospect in the state of Michigan. Six foot five, 230 pounds, had a ton of solid offers um, across the country. Looking at his offer sheet, Auburn, Boston College, Cincinnati, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, Maryland, Miami, Florida, Miami of Ohio, Michigan State, Minnesota, Mississippi, Pittsburgh, Purdue. Um, going on down the line, Rutgers, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, so on and so forth. So a ton of big-time offers. Corey Robinson, the lead recruiter here for the Cardinals in this recruitment. But Dylan Mesman had a couple of interesting comments that I want to read to you that may or it should make you feel encouraged about tight end recruiting under Jeff Brom here at Louisville. You know, you hear about uh, the tight end's involvement in a Jeff Brom offense. It's not just blocking traditionally. It's more so featuring a pass-catching role for tight ends. Um, we've seen the... Um, you know, the prioritizing of the tight end position in the portal. I don't think that the Cardinals are done adding to next year's team, but obviously adding for the future as well. It would not surprise me to see multiple tight ends in almost every single class for Louisville moving forward. But Mesman had this to say to Alan True of 24-7 Sports. Um, he says, I'm definitely excited. Um, goes on to say, I believe they were the right choice because of the coaching staff, obviously, Speaking on Louisville, everyone I met and talked to with there are all amazing people and just overall care about me. Coach Brahm is always known for using his tight ends, and it's obvious in the statistics. The fan base they have is incredible, too, and so many people have shown their support overall. I'm really excited to finally commit. Um, tight ends coach Ryan Wallace had a great deal to say about, you know, or had a great deal in the say of Dylan Mesman. It was overall amazing. This is what Mesman told Jody Demling of 24-7 Sports Cardinal Authority. I was able to see the whole tight end group in action and just really hang out with Coach Wallace. Coach Wallace knows so much about the tight end's position and has developed some really good ones such as Payne Durham, so it's intriguing to see what I can do there. Um, this past season, had 29 catches, 245 yards, six touchdowns, uh, honorable mention for all-conference, second-team um, selection in the Ann Arbor area. So um, I think that, um, you know, he plays with a solid quarterback. I think CJ Carr is committed to Notre Dame. That's where, that's who his high school tight end is. But Dylan Mesman was a player that we talked about on this show as a possible addition to this team and why I was so, um, why I was so on board with a Dylan Mesman edition is because I think his skill set kind of embodies the the shift in tight end position. It's the shift in how tight ends are being used. Obviously, we talk about the names Kyle Pitts, um, Dalton Kincaid, who just got drafted to the Bills, so on and so forth. 
Meanwhile, I'm just trying to say that receiving has become more of a um, of a priority than blocking. Now, I'm not saying that blocking is not important because it is, but I'm saying that with these new offers that Louisville has handed out over in the Flyville 24 class, I think it was evident. I mentioned it then and I mentioned it now. I think that it's extremely evident that Braum is trying to prioritize players like Jamari Johnson and like Dylan Mesman that are utilized in a lot of different ways at the high school level. I mean, Jamari Johnson was a wildcat quarterback. He played out wide as wide receiver. He played as a run blocker. He played as a traditional tight end. Mesman sort of fits that same mold that he's used in a ton of different variety of ways as a pass catcher. And I think that that's something that you're going to look for quality wise in the tight ends that Braum and uh, Wallace recruit players that are versatile pass catchers that really pose to be those mismatches for the opposing defenses rather than just traditional tight ends that are used for blocking, kind of like how you saw uh, Scott Satterfield, um, you know, recruit. Now, granted, I think Scott Satterfield, obviously having Marshawn Ford, um, kind of overlooks that, but pretty much almost every single tight end that Louisville brought in in his high school recruiting classes, most of them, if not all of them, were pretty much mainly pass sorry mainly run blockers first and then pass catchers second um and that's no disrespect to the guys in the current room and the guys that he recruited but i think that that's the just the truth i think that you're starting to see jeff brom prioritize more uh pass catching than run blocking although these guys can do both but you know being Six foot five, two hundred thirty pounds to move the way he does. Um, have solid hands, the ability to um, use his body and his size to overpower smaller defenders, but also have the deceptive speed to get into those holes in the zone to be able to get into that second level of the defense. Have that explosiveness as well. I think that you're starting to see the tight end position as a whole across all levels of football kind of shift toward that. Um, prioritizing of that certain skill set that we're looking for in a tight end, but um, definitely so, at, you know, for global recruiting. So solid commitment. I think that, like, like I said, the main thing to focus on here is Mesman's comments about you know how tight ends are featured at or in a Jeff Brom offense. I think that you know maybe that was one of the reasons why Jamari Johnson stayed. Um, Maybe not all the reasons, but one of the reasons. Um, you know, Dylan Mesman as well, a player that can, you know, maybe see some time early. Um, you know, obviously Louisville's tight end room right now is kind of up in the air. You're looking to add some veterans into the group for next season. But after next season, who knows? Um, you know, with how the portal is going, you just really never know. So you have to recruit uh, positions, you know, pretty much in their entirety. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Brom and company add another tight end to the class um, before Flyville 24 is all said and done, but a great start nonetheless with a four-star tight end top 20 at the position in Dylan Mesman. So, um, but those two weren't the only additions to the team. Two offensive linemen. We'll talk about Ransom McDermott and Jimmy Williams before we do that. I uh, want to thank you all again for making Locked On the Louisville your first listen every day. Every dayers. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to take a little bit of a step back from football. Uh, well, kind of, not really. Maybe the recruiting side of things. We're going to talk about a new basketball commitment. 
um, you know, that transferred in from Miami. We're also going to talk about Lamar Jackson becoming the newest highly paid player in NFL history. And we'll also have a mailbag as well where, you know, if you have any questions to ask, go ahead and do so. We'll answer them on tomorrow's show. If you're listening, thank you for tuning in. Uh, leave a comment down in the YouTube section. This is something that I want to do moving forward is to, uh, you know, have you all answer some questions. Uh, the, the question of the day for this show is which recruit outside of um, – Obviously, TJ Capers, are you mostly excited for that's currently committed to Louisville in the Flyville 24 class? But nonetheless, heading on into the final segment of the show, two more commitments. Ransom McDermott, Jimmy Williams, two offensive linemen. The first one, uh, Ransom McDermott, uh, kind of kicked off this uh, string of commitments. Six foot seven, 300-pound native of Noblesville, Indiana, another you know, obviously local recruiting type prospect, maybe not necessarily in Louisville's backyard, but a player that is from an area that Jeff Brom and company are familiar with, having recruited that area, being just outside of West Lafayette. But also, you know, you know, there was a comment that Louisville is going to do their homework in a five-hour radius outside of the city, and obviously Noblesville, Indiana fits that mold. Ransom McDermott, uh, offensive tackle from Noblesville High School. Um, looking at his offer sheet, you, you see some of the, the teams that have offered, uh, sort of the same as Sean Boykins Jr., mainly um, sort of regionalized, I guess you could say. Had Boston College, uh, Central Michigan, Cincinnati, Indiana, Kentucky, West Virginia, so on and so forth. Mainly local recruiting, but Richard Owens went out and got him on a visit and shortly after committed to the Cardinals program. I think that obviously there's a ton of size to work for to work with here, six foot seven, three hundred pounds, rated as the nine hundred thirty ninth best player in the nation according to the twenty four seven Sports Composite, eighty second best offensive tackle, thirteenth best in the state of Indiana. The other commitment is another offensive tackle. This time, you guessed it, from the South Florida area, Fort Lauderdale, plays for American Heritage High School, six foot four, two hundred ninety pounds. Jimmy Williams. Rated as a three-star in 24-7 sports, doesn't have a composite rating yet, so uh, a late bloomer, um, a guy whose film sort of is more telling than the rankings suggest, uh, has some pretty decent offers, some ACC offers, Louisville, Duke, um, Pittsburgh, Syracuse, Central Florida, South Florida, so um, a player that with a solid senior season definitely could rise up the rankings. I think that I project both Ransom McDermott and Jimmy Williams to be um, probably mid-three-star level players. I think that the film shows um, that obviously both still need some development and progression, as most offensive line prospects do, but that there's a lot of, to work with. Um, they both move really, really well for their size, um, solid footwork potential to work with, solid hands used as leverage as well. Um, but offensive tackle, you're losing Renato Brown. You know, you're losing the grad transfers coming in. Uh, Michael Gonzalez could also go pro. So there is possibly, you know, a need moving forward at offensive tackle. Um, you saw Louisville, you know, obviously um, go out and get a player like uh, Luke Burgess. Uh, from the Flyville 23 class, um, I expect Louisville to go to the portal after this upcoming season and address the portal that way as well. But ultimately, I think that you know you add some size in the trenches, 
trench recruiting is something that Jeff Brom and company had prioritized at Purdue. Obviously, I think that all great programs do that. Scott Satterfield did that while here at Louisville. Um, but it's something that you're still looking to continue to get better on. So um, I'm interested to see um, how well Richard Owens is at scouting offensive line obviously we haven't seen that yet um but i'm extremely excited obviously moving forward there is um some playing time potentially early on i'd like to see um after the summer after next fall if players like ransom mcdermott and jimmy williams are going to rise up in the rankings so that's something to focus on but overall four offensive commitments in flyville 24 one wide receiver one tight end two offensive linemen Seven commits currently. As of May 2nd, we have the 25th best class in the country. Three of those players are four stars. Um, so extremely excited about how you know this class has starting to fill out. You know, having seven commitments before the end of May is something that is nice. I'm interested to see how uh, the summer goes for the cards and how they're able to address recruiting. I think that getting players, um, you know, p- people say, well, getting three-star level players isn't the greatest, especially when Louisville has been um, in the mix for some top guys, and that's true, but you still have to have guys in the class. You're not going to have all four-star level guys. I'm okay with Louisville taking some developmental prospects that they believe in their progression, so I- I'm interested to see uh, what they're projected at at the next or as at the next level, but um, talked about all four of the commitments. That's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here very soon.